Amanda Leitner, and welcome to Rochester Rising, where we amplify the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 182 of the podcast today. So today we get to sit down and chat virtually via Zoom with two Rochester entrepreneurs, Ginny Smith and Anne-Marie Yon. Ginny is the owner of Ginny's Fine Fabrics, an establishment in Rochester for the past 44 years, which has existed in five different locations in the city. Anne-Marie is a native of New York who came to Rochester originally to work at Mayo, but she ended up staying in the community after she fell in love with the region. Anne-Marie is a business consultant, and she's been working with Ginny to transition to an e-commerce platform. So on the show today, we talk about Ginny's passion uh, to identify and choose beautiful quality fabrics to help people create their own wardrobes and how she was inspired by her, by her mom's interest in fabrics and fashion. We talk about lessons learned from her 44-year journey with her business, Ginny's Fine Fabrics, including inventory, customer experience, and adaptations during the corona pandemic, especially this building of e-commerce platform and the Shopify store that's going to launch later this summer. So stay tuned today for a great podcast with Ginny and Anne. So at Rochester Rising, we are the storytelling arm of Collider, a Rochester-based 501c3 nonprofit that supports Rochester entrepreneurs through storytelling, space, events, and education. You can find out more about Collider by going to our website at collider.mn. We have brand new Rochester Rising podcasts that come out every Wednesday. You can listen to those on our website at rochesterrising.org. You can also find them on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and we also have a YouTube channel where we share our podcasts, so you can find it at any of those locations. And we also have a ton of other articles and video stories talking about entrepreneurship and small business owners in Rochester. So you can check that out on our website as well at rochesterrising.org. All right, so now on to the podcast today with Ginny Smith and Anne-Marie Yon. Yeah, well, thanks to both of you for being here today. Um, and I guess to start, I'll just ask both of you to kind of introduce yourself so people know who's um, on the podcast. I'm Ginny, Ginny Smith from Ginny's Fine Fabrics and Support Group in Rochester, Minnesota. And I'm Anne-Marie Yon, and uh, I have a background in consumer products, and I'm uh, working as a consultant with Ginny and other businesses to help them through covid well, thanks both of you for being here today on this beautiful summer summer day. I feel like we went like smack into summer from absolutely nothing. So, um, but yeah, I like to start out by asking, you know, are both of you from Rochester? And if not, how did you originally get here? I'm actually a native of Rochester. I was... Um, I was born at St. Mary's when they still delivered babies there. My father worked at Mayo, and um, as I grew up, um, I was very influenced by my mother's interest in fashion and beautiful fabrics and sewing. Um, As there were five of us kids, she didn't have a lot of expendable income, so she sewed a lot for herself, and that inspired me to follow in her footsteps. 
Yeah, and I'm originally from uh, New York and spent a lot of years in, in California and in Europe. And I came to uh, Rochester originally to work at Mayo because I was absolutely in love with Mayo's vision and mission. And I've since left Mayo, but, um, you know, fell in love with Rochester and with Minnesota. So, so we've stayed. And lucky me, she also sews <laughs> textiles. And so we became fast friends quickly over um, over the beautiful textiles that I offer in my store. So, yeah. That was the core. <laughs> nice. Total friendship. <laughs> nice. Friendship over shared passions and interests is the best. <laughs> Jenny, you talked about it a little bit, how you originally got interested and inspired by your mom um, for fashion. But can you talk a little bit more about, you know, how you followed that passion and how it kind of led into owning your own business? Well, when I was still in high school, I worked in a lovely ready-to-wear shop called The Operation. And the owner of the shop took me under her wing and taught me um, retail and how to run a business by taking me to New York and, and allowing me to be her memory for color and fashion. And I worked for her until um, two things happened. A woman started working for her, her who wanted my job. And a customer came in one day and said that um, a very famous fabric store in Minneapolis was looking for a branch manager for Rochester for a, um, a mail order part of their business. And that was Amlexon's. And my mother and, had taken us up to shop at Amlexon's through the years. So I was familiar with the quality that they carried. Um, and so I jumped I moved from selling retail clothing to um, offering fashion fabric to create clothing. Because even though the things were beautiful in the in the shop I worked in, uh, I would always have done them differently. Mm-hmm. So this allowed me that creative opening. Some. So can you talk a little bit more about what is Ginny's Fine Fabrics and what products and services do you offer in the store? And it's been in Rochester since 1976, is that correct? That's correct. 44 years, five locations, which has kept me busy in itself. Um, uh, But it was, it literally was my passion to identify and choose beautiful quality fabrics that coordinated to one another so people who sewed could create a working wardrobe, not just a piece here and there. And um, I just, I loved it enough to just keep going no matter what happened. Um, The First location I outgrew, the second one was offered to me by my former 
employer um, because she bought a building. Well, they, the city just couldn't wait to tear that down because it was all filled with women doing business. And um, unfortunately, I had put a lot of um, lot of my investment into fixtures and they were permanently attached. Well, from that point on, I built only portable fixtures that would come with me when I moved. Um, it was, it's always been about being close to the Mayo Clinic so that people could stop in when they were between appointments. Um, I have an incredible international trade from that aspect. And then I also have a real steady regular customer base from about 10 states. It's grown a bit now, but um, it it's repeat business mm-hmm. because what I offer is basically my taste and my judgment about what garment would look nice in what fabric on each individual customer. So it's someone else creating what I would recommend um, to someone who's looking for the perfect garments. When someone comes into the store, what kind of experience do you want them to have and how do you kind of tailor that experience to your customers? I want them to feel welcome. I want them to always feel as if I have their best interests in mind. I want them to make choices themselves and then get my direction about how to use a certain fabric or what fabric to use for a certain pattern. They often come with just a color in mind and I help them make those choices that will be successful when combined. It's like you said in the beginning, the store has been here for 44 years in in Rochester in many different locations, Um, many lessons learned over the years. Um, But what are kind of your key takeaways of how the business has changed and how it's adapted, you know, up till up until March, let's say, because that's a whole different ball game. But what are some major things you've learned and how has it changed over the years? Well, I've always thought, gosh, I'd really like to be able to say, yes, I have that to anybody who asks for whatever. Um, And I find that a, a tidier, tighter inventory is a much better way to approach the customer, not to say, oh, I have that, but I have something that would work for that because it's um, too costly to have that much inventory because then the dollars are stuck. So um, since um, March, I've noticed a lot of changes. First of all, instead of the beautiful silks that have always outsold everything else that I offer, 
I'm selling more cottons. Hmm. Um, the The level of luxury goods has um, diminished in a lot of seamstresses' eyes. They they don't have the occasions in this life that we have now. They don't have um, the needs um, to be fancy. There's that special occasion, a wedding, um, a, a big party. I used to do all sorts of garments for people who were going to this lovely function or that. And now um, our custom sewing business, which has always been a part of the business, has diminished and become more about every day. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, you know, I think one of the major things in, in people adapting and being resilient has been response to uh, COVID-19. Um, so, you know, it's early June now, but what has that timeline looked for you from March till now? And how have you kind of adapted um, and been resilient during during this time frame? Well, it hasn't been without help, and that's where Anne Marie Anne Marie has um, really consulted with me and convinced me that although I've always thought that um, fabric had to be touched to be appreciated, um, there is a market on the on the internet for people who are shopping for fabric. And the quality that I've always carried is very appealing. Um, the, it's just really um, important to people to find the right color of things. If they're doing basic wardrobe garments, um, they want things that are cohesive that give them multiple choices, but in a minimum number of garments. So I've, um, I've been working on diminishing my inventory and doing as much as I can to um, find multiple channels to sell my fabrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So transitioning to this, this e-commerce platform, um, I think you talked about it a little bit there and it's a, it's such a hard thing to yeah offer less, but offer, you know, and really think about what the customer is looking for. I'm sure that's a huge challenge when you're looking at that transition to e-commerce. What are some of the major kind of obstacles, you know, opportunities that came along with that process and how did you, you both navigate that? Uh, well, I can add something here. I, uh, you know, Jenny started out with a business that, of course, is established, and she has an amazing relationship with her customers, repeat customers over years. And um, funnily enough, um, although it's a local business, uh, Jenny has a lot of customers across the country and even in other countries. So, um, and she's never had to sell online because the, the store, the brick and mortar store was always really successful. 
So, you know, how COVID in a way, um, I think you can think about the shutdown as presenting also some opportunities. Mainly it's painful, but, but you can find some opportunities. So, so what can we do now that's different that helps us survive? So, you know, while Ginny's revenue was down nearly 65%, you know, during the, the beginning of shutdown, um, we, we built, a, a, to start with an Etsy store, and um, which we were able to get up really fast. So that was the plus side. And then we started to see customers across the nation um, coming to buy and, and also uh, spending time looking at the products. Um, so that was wonderful. And we did sell quite a bit. I think we increased sales by 15%. So, you know, not really dramatic increases, but, um, you know, helping the business stay above water and really keep it going during shutdown. <clears throat> and what's been interesting about selling online is that um, you find new opportunities. So people were buying things like penny cloths to make bathrobes, um, and a lot of people. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we didn't really necessarily sell in the store, or we saw um, um, people um, buying a lot of Chanel products, right? Because people had time, and they were making handmade French Chanel-style suits. So. Um, it was it was um, a different a different mix of fabrics, and also I think we've we found that there are some challenges as the business moves from a store bricks and mortar model to a model where we're selling in other channels, so be that Shopify or Etsy or eBay. Um, now you have a different challenge of photography, uh, content, writing descriptions, presentation. presentation, and also creating that wonderful genie experience of visualizing, touching, bonding with the beautiful fabric. How can we create that with its digital twin, right? So that was Definitely, and it continues to be a challenge as we learn how to photograph and present better. I mean, I have to say, we just started with my iPhone and the fabric, <laughs> and we did pretty well, and now we're, you know, gradually becoming more sophisticated. So I'd say, you know, to anybody who wants to try, you know, in the time of COVID, maybe it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, but you can work toward perfection and learn. Um, yeah, the other challenge really is now you have multi-channel inventory. So you start to need to have different systems for managing inventory across channels. So that's what we're currently working on. Um, being able to manage the inventory of cars, what will be three channels. So, mm -hmm. uh, and it's all doable. There are so many inexpensive tools out there to um, uh, any entrepreneur can use Shopify or any of the associated tools or Etsy. It's, 
it becomes even Facebook advertising. It's really easy to do these things inexpensively. So it takes a lot of willpower. And time. <laughs> and time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I so much. <laughs> yeah. I hear you on the product presentation too. People think product photography is easy, but I think that's harder than like photographing people (laughs) (laughs) to make it. No animation there. (laughs) No, it's really, it's really a challenge. Um, So before COVID, were you thinking about e-commerce or was this one of those opportunities that you kind of grabbed onto that is now going to be part of the business? You know, the response I've gotten from my customers to have the opportunity to shop my store without traveling to my store has really taught me that this is just another way of reaching them. And um, they're so familiar with the quality that I have and um, my choices for them that um, it's really working out to be Um, mutually beneficial Mm -hmm. and I think um, just the expansion of my customer base by opening it up to the internet I have I've had orders from Hawaii and Alaska and places that obviously are bereft of beautiful fabric so um, the customers are just real eager to find and work on that kind of quality because it pays them back. It's lovely to work with, and it makes the most beautiful garments that last. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you, Ginny, um, what what's your passion for, for doing this every day? What drives you to get up, go into the store, and what, what do you love most about what you're doing? Everything. (laughs) I love my customers. I love the fabrics. And I love putting the two together so that um, the customer feels as if she looks as good as she possibly can and feels great because her garment fits her. And she is expressing her individual personality in wearing it. And I'll ask both of you, what are you looking forward to um, with Ginny's Fine Fabrics this year? What are you most excited about? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've always run my business one day at a time. And one customer at a time. And this has expanded um, the number of people that I can help in a day's time. And I'd like that to keep happening because that's the only way to survive with a brick and mortar business right now. It's so costly to have... Um, the rent to pay, to have the inventory to pay for, and to have the payroll that um, I've actually done without during COVID. 
I've been working alone at the shop and because of the decrease in numbers of people out and about, um, I've been able to handle it, but I'd like more, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think too, from my perspective, we're, I'm very much looking forward to launching the Shopify site later this summer. And Ginny never did any advertising, but we're doing a tiny amount of advertising to launch the Shopify site. And it's, it's not, it's not so much about discounting and trying to reduce inventory. It's really about showcasing the wonderful fabrics and the, and the wonderful things customers can make with these fabrics. So we're trying to really play up all the beauty and um, and quality as best we can um, in a really in a really nice site. So we're working on that, and I'll be excited to launch that probably the end of the summer. Um, the other thing is there are moments of celebration as we go, right? Absolutely. So we um, actually the shirt that I have on we photographed. Uh, Ginny made it, and I picked the fabric. We photographed it and put it on Facebook and Instagram, and we sold this fabric out in about four hours. <laughs> and it was so exciting to see how people loved it on social media. And, you know, we just used whatever we had. You know, I have a car in my closet. Let's just take a picture of it. <laughs> and um, just that joy of saying this was successful. Here was a little effort that really went well. And, try new things and see how they work. Um, even, you know, the Facebook advertising we did was very, very successful for very low cost. And just that joy of, you know, opening your computer in the morning and seeing a whole bunch of products sold. So <laughs> it's, uh, there's a fun part, right? One of the things that uh, goes on every week at my shop, I have these absolutely gorgeous um, 16-foot windows in the front of the store. And I have a, a lovely employee, Christine, who comes over from Alma, Wisconsin once a week and drapes the windows with new fabric. And if we have a that visual presence on Broadway in Rochester, um, it catches people's eyes. Even people who have never sewn in their lives are curious to see what's in in the store that looks so beautiful from the street. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely notice like, it <laughs> every time I walk past. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, it's that um, combination of beautiful things that makes a wardrobe. So it's really um, still about that. Um, I think people are are mostly kind of random in in their choices of clothing, but some people, especially my regular customers, build things to work back and forth with one another and to create little wardrobes that'll travel for a week without um, boredom. <laughs> so yeah. it, to me, 
it's a very personal business. It's a very um, artistic, creative business. And that feeds my soul, along with the joy that I give my customers. Awesome. So I have some kind of fun questions to wrap up here. Um, so my question for both of you, I'm a huge reader. Um, what are you both reading or listening to right now? It doesn't have to be related to business. Summer reading lists are big too, for sure. <laughs> I'm hooked on Haruki Murakami. And I'm 90% done with <laughs> 1Q84. And um, I always have a book going. Yeah, I think I, I've been really busy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that too. But um, I have been, you know, it's like so many others, I'm trying to work my way through James Joyce's Ulysses, which I never have had time to read. So um, I wouldn't say I'm very far into it, but... Uh, and then, you know, reading the news, uh, there's a lot to keep up on. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, just to add, it's been a true, true source of happiness for me to be able to help Ginny. Her business, you know, has such longevity and she has such an amazing relationship with her customers, um, bringing beauty and techniques and beautiful colors into their lives and it's a complete joy to just help her try new things and she's so open and receptive and you know it's a great dialogue so any anybody would be um, happy to, to help such a business so for me it's just been an opportunity and I have to be careful when I'm photographing because I want to buy everything in the store. <laughs> <laughs> and I get to touch it. <laughs> well, after all, I did buy everything in the store. So I'm in heaven every day, just surrounded by all the pretty fabrics. But I think the thing that keeps me going literally is uh, giving joy to my customers. And Anne-Marie's friendship and knowledge have just filled all kinds of gaps in my knowledge of presenting my product to much bigger audience than I've ever had. So besides Anne-Marie, who is obviously a huge asset to, to the growth of the business right now, um, Jenny, has there been another kind of key local resource that's been helpful over the years, whether that's an organization, an individual, um, that's been very helpful for business development and growth? Well, back when I started, I, I worked with um, SCORE and um, had a couple of wonderful mentors there. Um, who helped me get my business established and um, and every now and then would come in and say, how did you get three colored photographs in the post bulletin for free? <laughs> so and sometimes it's just um, the visual aspect of the business that makes it appealing um, as the windows do, 
I just really, um, again, feel as if it's it's an art form, in in and a craft, but it really is an art form um, to sew. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, it is. I've tried many times and cannot do it. <laughs> She's in kids here. Yes. yes. I could if you're willing. <laughs> I used to be able to crochet and now I just can't remember anymore. But that's something you just need to start, you know, you start yeah. thinking about again and you remember. Um, so, yeah, for both of you, where's your favorite spot to be in in Rochester? You know, things are starting to open back up again. So where are you really looking forward to being? I'm a foodie. I like, I like Prescott's food. I'm okay. going to go back there and sit and have them serve me a lovely meal again soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like to walk in nature. And um, I love Quarry Hill. I love the event Summer House. And I'm looking forward to going canoeing um, <laughs> and, uh, when we can get, you know, back outside and, and you know, rent from local people, so. Yeah, I was just at um, Chester Woods on Sunday, and there were some people in, and I don't know, maybe they were bringing their own, because I certainly didn't see anybody, like, renting <laughs> the no. canoes or the kayaks, but it was so nice out. I'm like, it's just nice to be outside. Yeah, and, you know, it's lucky that we have the weather being so beautiful, right, when we're starting to open up, so we can really enjoy our summer mm -hmm. social yep well that was my last question i'll ask you ladies for any final thoughts and where people can find you um in person and on the web well i will answer the in-person part and that's at 211 broadway avenue south if you can get to it with all the construction downtown, I mean, that's just yet another roadblock for business at this time. I don't know why the city has decided to tear up Broadway and 2nd Street right now, but they say it's for utility work. Um, but that's where I am Tuesday through Saturday, 9.30 to whenever I feel like closing. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, people can find me on LinkedIn. I do have my own website too, which I'm relaunching, so that's not quite up yet. But uh, if you reach out to Jenny, she knows where I am. <laughs> Probably 24 hours a day. <laughs> and Jenny Fine Fabric on Facebook and Instagram and uh, on the Etsy shop are all very easy to find. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for this conversation today. I appreciate both of your time this morning. Well, thank you for asking us. It was lovely talking to you and thank you for the opportunity to share and appreciate it. Thanks so much to Ginny and Anne-Marie for taking time to sit down with us over Zoom which always comes with its own challenges to share their stories. You can find links to their websites and social media uh, in the show notes that go along with uh, this podcast. So be sure to check it out there. 
We're always looking for great entrepreneurs to have as guests on our podcast. So if you know of a Rochester-based entrepreneur with a great story to tell, let us know. Send us an email at rochesterrising at gmail.com and let us know who you think should be on the show. We're also always looking for sponsors for this podcast. So if our mission to amplify stories of Rochester entrepreneurs aligns with that of your business or something your business would like to support, let us know. Again, you can send us an email at rochesterrising at gmail.com, or you can head to our website and click on the sponsor link at the top of the page and let us know that way as well. And I just wanted to mention as well, the best way to stay up to date with everything that we're doing, both at Rochester Rising and at Collider, is to sign up for the weekly Collider newsletter. That way you don't have to worry about checking social media all the time and you're always kept in the loop. So you can sign up for the newsletter on our website or on the Collider website at collider.mn. It's the same newsletter, so you don't have to sign up twice. It comes out every Sunday morning where you'll catch up with all of our stories. You'll have links to all our stories that went out that week and the podcast. And you'll also stay up to date with events and programming from Collider and other ecosystem news. So I highly recommend it. Sign up today and you'll get your first newsletter Sunday morning. That's a wrap for us on the podcast today. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss a story of innovation and entrepreneurship coming out of Rochester, Minnesota. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. 